हेलो एवरीबॉडी वेलकम टू एपिसोड 56 ऑफ आस्क अभिजीत टुडे इज अ लाइव वीडियो चैट शो एज यू नो एंड आई एम गोइंग टू शेयर द लिंक फॉर जॉइनिंग द वीडियो चैट वेरी शॉर्टली सो फर्स्ट ऑफ ऑल आई वुड लाइक टू से ओके फर्स्ट ऑफ ऑल लेट्स सी हु ऑल इज देयर आई कैन सी अभिषेक नीता हर्षित सुशांत विवेक सुश्रुत संप्रीति सत्यम नूब्रोहित शिवम सराफ ब्लिट्स पार्क राहुल पाल अभिषेक आदित्य प्रकाश कल्याण गुज्जर निरंजन चंद्रभान महेश हिडन स्किल्स तन्मय कृष्णाली जय दीक्षित रोहन कुमार हर्षराज चिचिंग डिमगल शिव पटेल किंगस्टर गेमिंग राहुल एन एन लॉट्स ऑफ द पीपल नाइस टू सी यू ऑल वेरी नाइस टू सी यू ऑल so i am sharing the video chat link right now and uh, i have a request for those of you who have joined before so i would like to bring in new people today i mean uh, some people have uh, joined the video chat several times in the past even though i had requested them not to uh, i realized later that some people managed to sneak in multiple times so uh, the request to all of you is that please if you already have joined the video chat in the past in, in past episode then don't join today so that new people get the opportunity to join the video chat right so it's a request to all of you please don't do that i am sharing the video chat link right now here it is one second let me pin it so that you can all see it hopefully you should be able to see the video chat link now so you can start joining it and the second rule is that uh like i have said before one question per person that's it i want everybody to get the opportunity to ask questions if you if people are uh, ask multiple questions then it's going to be i, I want to treat everybody equally so please just uh, uh ensure that you ask only one question per, per per person do not request me to take multiple questions and so on and so forth right so shall we begin the q and a session i can see lots of people have joined that is wonderful so let us begin with uh, okay hang on let me first put on my headphones today i have a headphones all right let's go so whom do i ask let's bring in shibi hello shibi how are you doing hello sir yes yeah, sir i'm fine fine i'm shibi i'm from tamil nadu chennai and i'll go with my question first okay sir uh, i once you explained your ideas on gandhi and how he's a british stooge so here goes my question i saw you representing your views on the youtube channel argumentative indians uh, based on was india's partition inevitable and the theory wasn't accepted very much among other co-panelists like ishia kahmat and uh, so on and so forth so question number 1 how prevalent is this theory and what are the major rebuttals and this is another doubt i have about the indian languages so that's it uh what which theory are you referring to uh no i'm saying that why isn't uh, is gandhi a british stooge uh, is it widely expected uh, i mean widely accepted or what are the major rebuttals okay great right i uh, it is not widely accepted at all that he uh, worked on behalf of the british or that he that he was a british stooge uh, the prevalent uh, view about mr mohandas gandhi is that he was a great freedom fighter a great humanist he was a great humanitarian 
he was somebody who believed in non violence he was somebody who believed in world peace and so on and so forth and he worked for the benefit and the upliftment of all humanity so that is the way the world views mr gandhi he is viewed as a great saint is as somebody who is even higher than the nobel prize nobel peace prize and so on so that is the uh, mainstream accepted view uh, worldwide of mr gandhi of course now people have begun examining his uh, his life especially his own writings and if you examine his own writings a completely different image of mr gandhi comes to light the writings are available in the public domain available for free anybody can go and read them but the problem is people you know don't read so that's the problem now some people have begun to read that and um, it has been realized that first of all mr gandhi had extremely uh, negative views about uh, african origin people so he spent a significant period of his life in south africa and the things he wrote about the native africans were uh, were well the only term you can used for that is racist he, mr gandhi wrote that he regarded the europeans as the predominating race in the world he saw indians as inferior to the british to the white european people and he saw the africans as the lowest of of all that's what he wrote now see the, the fact is that people's opinions change over time people's views evolve over time but when somebody changes their opinion and realizes that what they had said in the past was completely wrong it was hurtful racist and so on then they would they, they would issue an apology especially if they have expressed such views in writing because that is what you have written down in writing is there forever and therefore it is incumbent it behooves you to issue a clarification and an apology for having expressed such views in the past that is what any mature human being would do mr gandhi never apologized he never retracted retracted those statements that is something that people don't realize people say yeah people change people evolve maybe he believed that when he was younger later he may have changed his opinion but he never expressed a change in opinion even though he wrote those things in the past that's number one and yeah so if you examine his writings and all he has clearly said that he has dedicated his life to the service of the british crowd if you look at his actions not his words then you see that all his actions were beneficial to the yeah. british and eventually to the partition and so on and so forth right so if you examine actions and even his writings then a totally different view of mr gandhi emerges now obviously uh, people especially mainstream historians established historians are extremely unwilling to accept such a a uh, revised uh, view of mr gandhi because they have been expressing a certain viewpoint and people uh, are pretty entrenched in their opinions and in their thoughts and in their stand so like uh, so i was on that uh, channel what's it called uh, argumentative indians or something and uh, the entire panel was yeah, against yeah. me the, especially the pakistanis and all yeah, it is very strange that even the pakistanis yeah. are pretty uh, they they have a very good opinion of mr gandhi which tells you a lot about mr gandhi yeah, yeah. ियंसोरीबडीरोरीबडीरोरीबडीरोरीबडीरोरीबडीरोरीबडीरोरीबडीरोरीबडीरोरीबडीरोरीबडीरोरीबडीरोरीबडीरोरीबडीरोरीबड
because I think I think people have realized that I am not good at remembering faces. I meet so many people, I and interact with so many people that I kind of tend to forget pe- people's faces once I am done interacting with them. So please don't take advantage of that, please. Okay, let's bring in somebody. Let's bring in Mr. Om. Hello. Hello, sir. Hello. How are you doing? Sir, uh, just one minute. What's your question, sir? Where are you from? I think there's some sort of a lag, unfortunately. I'm going to wait for a second. Hello. Hello. Yes, sir. What's uh, where are you from? What's your question? Yeah, uh, I am from Maharashtra. I am unable to hear you. I'm very sorry. I'm very sorry. It's uh, I'm you're not audible, unfortunately. Just I'm going to have minute. to. Uh... Just one minute, sir. Uh, please make it fast because everybody is waiting. You know, Every, we have to respect the audience's I'm time. Extremely, I'm extremely sorry. Just one minute. Okay, you can come in later, perhaps. Okay, let's bring in somebody else. Let's bring in Mr. Vinambra. Good evening, sir. Good. E- where are you from? Hello, sir. Hello, sir. Hello. Am I audible to you? Yes, you are. Uh, hi, sir. Uh, so I am from Jabalpur, Madhya Pradesh. All right. Nice to meet you. Yeah. As uh, likewise, sir. Sir, I'll just uh, speak in uh, Hindi. Okay. जी बोलिए बोलिए हिंदी में. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Certainly. Sir, sir, actually, मैं आपको बहुत समय से follow कर रहा हूँ आपके चंगेज़ कान वीडियो के time से. I was very जी. glad to see you that uh, you started this channel. So, मेरा question, sir, uh, simple ये है कि आपने एक बार बताया था कि आप हिंदुस्तानी classical music वगैरह से बहुत uh, मतलब आप हैं उससे uh, उस background से. सर मुझे बस उसके ओरिजिन के बारे में जानना था क्योंकि मैं भी मैं भी सीखता हूं सर मैं भी सीखता हूं तो सर अपना सर कि कैसे आया है इंडिया में और व्हाट्स इज ओरिजिन एंड सर मेरे को ऐसा लगता है कि ये वेस्टर्न और अपना जो हिंदुस्तानी क्लासिकल और जो क्लासिकल म्यूजिक है इट्स मच बेटर एंड मोर इलेबोरेटिव देन द वेस्टर्न म्यूजिक सर आई जस्ट वॉन्ट योर ओपिनियन हिंदुस्तानी क्लासिकल म्यूजिक इज तो हिंदुस्तानी क्लासिकल म्यूजिक का ओरिजिन क्या है दैट्स द क्वेश्चन राइट वेयर डिड इट ओरिजिनेट फ्रॉम वेयर डिड इट कम फ्रॉम सो अनफॉर्चुनेटली नोबडी हैज डन दिस हिस्टोरिकल हिस्टोरिकल रिसर्च इट इज द लार्जेस्ट कॉर्पस ऑफ 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 म्यूजिकल स्केल्स एंड एंड मोर देन दैट इन द एंटायर वर्ल्ड इट्स एन एक्सट्रीमली कॉम्प्लेक्स एंड वास्ट सिस्टम म्यूजिकल सिस्टम इट्स इट्स आई मीन to develop something as vast as that it would yeah. take i think millennia thousands of years for yeah. instance you have certain ragas which are known to have changed over the centuries a raga is essentially essentially a scale of notes uh, in case you don't know the we have seven notes in in music sare gama pata nahi sa c d e f g a b c and so on and yeah. you have uh, notes in between that c minor g g sharp and so on 
So out of all these nodes, you can create rules and patterns, and those are called scales. So that is what Western music is all about. It's all about scales. So in the ragas also you have scales, but in ragas, in ascending and descending, you can have different scales. And then you have a sonant note, a consonant note, you have drone drone notes and all. So that imposes a great deal of restriction but and, and a great deal of discipline, but gives you complete total freedom within that. And it allows musicians to create moods. Each raga has a certain mood. Each raga expresses a certain time or a season of the year, a time of the yeah. day. There are morning ragas, evening ragas, dusk, dawn, night afternoon and so on. There are monsoon ragas and all. And if you listen to this, it actually evokes the feeling of that season yeah. or that, that time of the day. It Every raga has a certain personality, a certain mood and so on. It's an extremely complex and, and uh, profound system of music that the West has never been able to ever achieve that kind of uh, uh, profundity and, and that level of sophistication, right? Yeah. So it's clear that this system is extraordinarily old, extraordinarily old. It must have been there for thousands of years. Unfortunately, there is, I mean, we have all these history departments in India. What do they, what research do they do? Has any, any historian in this country taken up the study and the, and the research of Indian classical music, which is a fascinating field. It is the most advanced and sophisticated system of music in the entire world. It is it is orders of magnitudes higher than Western classical music. And unfortunately, nobody has done that. So all I can say is that it is clearly several thousand years old. It must have begun with the dawn of Indian civilization, which is at least 10,000 years old. And over time, it, it must have evolved. It is a system that is, it is a continuous system, an unbroken system. Musicians, generation after generation, have uh, added to what their predecessors have done. So it's a fascinating, fascinating system. Unfortunately, it's dying out today. I mean, everybody is going to the Bollywood style music, Western music and yeah. all. Um, and the instruments are becoming obsolete. The musicians no longer have the incentive to spend their entire life learning this when you can make quick money and have a better life, uh, you know, doing Bollywood music and so on. It's, yeah. it's, uh, it's, it's, it's very sad this is happening. I wish the government would do something to preserve Indian classical music and actually even take it further because with modern technology, with modern instrumentation and all, you can actually take it to the next level, you know? Yeah. But unfortunately, it's not being done. So all I can say, unfortunately, is that I don't know when it started. It's clearly many thousand years old. It's the oldest system of music in the world because even the Western uh, music follows the yeah. same set of seven notes Correct. and all that. The Chinese system of music is a pentatonic system. It has only five yeah. notes. But we have a hexatonic system. We even have uh, more complex uh, scales and all that within that. So, I mean, I could speak for hours about this, but you know, <laughs> yeah, so that's what I can uh, say in, in brief. Very, very fascinating topic and very good question, sir. Thanks for asking. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, sir. Bye. Nice meeting you. Nice meeting you. Bye Same. Bye. All right. Let's bring in some more people. Let us bring in. Uh, who's ready? Are we all ready? Let us bring in Shrey. Good evening, sir. Sir, namaste, sir. Namaste, namaste. Sir, uh, where are you from, sir? Sir, I'm actually from Delhi, but uh, currently I'm in Chennai. All right. What's your question? Sir, I have two questions interesting interesting. Sir, I have a question. I have a question. I have a question. I have a 
पर सर दूसरा क्वेश्चन है अंकोर वर्ड जो है कंबोडिया में अंकोर वर्ड सेक्शन पर हां जी बोलिए कहा जाता है कि अंकोर वर्ड जो था मतलब एक बहुत बड़ा सिर्फ हिंदू ही नहीं एक बहुत बड़ा रिलीजियस टेंपल है कि मतलब उसे टेंपल सिटी बोलते हैं तो क्या सर इंडिया में भी ऐसे टेंपल सिटीज एग्जिस्ट करती थी अगर एग्जिस्ट करती थी तो एकदम से कैसे डिस्ट्रॉय होगी और सर इसी में सेकंड में ऐड ऑन करता हूं कि अगर फ्रेंच की जगह अगर ब्रिटिशर्स ने उसे डिस्कवर करा होता जंगल में तो क्या सर वो आने देते सर पब्लिक के सामने कि इतना बड़ा कोई स्ट्रक्चर एग्जिस्ट करता है ओके ओके वेरी गुड क्वेश्चंस जो भी आपको ठीक लगे उसका आंसर ओके ठीक है लेट मी जस्ट एड्रेस बोथ द क्वेश्चंस देयर इज नो रियल एविडेंस दैट द नाजीज स्टोल इंडियन आइडियाज एंड मेड प्लेन्स विद दैट ऐसा कुछ एविडेंस नहीं है लोग ऐसा बोलते हैं आई मीन लॉट्स ऑफ थियरीज आर देयर लेकिन ऐसा कोई एविडेंस नहीं मिला हमें कि उन्होंने कोई वो मूवी हवाई ज्यादा आई थी सर उसने कुछ अलग ही चीज दिखाई थी अच्छा लेकिन इसका कोई एविडेंस नहीं ना हार्ड एविडेंस तो नहीं है ऐसा लोग बोलते हैं लेकिन उस वो जो क्लेम करते हैं उसके पीछे क्या एविडेंस है आपके पास कि ये आप क्लेम बोल रहे हो उसका राइट कोई प्रूफ तो होना चाहिए ना तो इट इज पॉसिबल पॉसिबल मैं नहीं कह रहा कि पॉसिबल नहीं है लेकिन एविडेंस नहीं है अगर आप कोर्ट में जाएंगे और आप बोलेंगे कि ऐसा ऐसा हुआ है तो आपको एविडेंस प्रोड्यूस करना पड़ेगा ना यस yes? आपको सबूत दिखाना पड़ेगा वो सबूत नहीं है राइट सो वी कैनोट मेक द क्लेम सम पीपल मेक द क्लेम बट इट इज अ बेजलेस क्लेम विदाउट एनी एविडेंस अंकुर वर्ड की बात करेंगे तो येस इट इज अनॉर्मस पीस ऑफ आर्किटेक्चर एन एंटायर सिटी मेड आउट ऑफ स्टोन Uh, it is a, it was a hindu temple initially it was a temple dedicated to uh, vishnu to lord sir, vishnu sir, and then shiva and brahma and all sir jo statue pehle bahar dikh raha hai vishnu ka wo apne haathon wala wo pehle beech mein hua karta tha wahan pe suna tha acha theek hai acha acha theek hai so it used to be a vishnu temple eventually it was transformed into a buddhist temple because buddha is also regarded as a avatar of vishnu and see buddhism hinduism ek hi baat hai okay the buddha is also an avatar of vishnu so it is not really any any big change so that's what it was abhi uh, i think it uh, the city was abandoned because of climate change and kuch to ho gaya tha aisa about 7 800 years ago and so on so yeah that's what it was now uh, if the french instead of the french the british had found it would they have uh, allowed it to be discovered or or to be to be made public i don't know possibly they may have they would not really care about that और इंडिया में ऐसे बड़े बड़े टेंपल कम्प्लेक्सेस थे क्या आई मीन डेफिनेटली नॉर्थ इंडिया में नॉर्दर्न इंडिया में बहुत सारे टेंपल कम्प्लेक्सेस थे जो सारे डिस्ट्रॉय हो गए अगर आप कश्मीर जाएंगे तो मार्तन सूर्य टेंपल है वहाँ पर इतना बड़ा राइट उसको पूरा वो सिकंदर बुद्ध चिकन ने डिस्ट्रॉय कर दिया और नॉर्दर्न इंडिया में आपको बड़े बड़े टेम्पल्स मिलेंगे ही नहीं क्योंकि तुर्कों ने सब डिस्ट्रॉय कर दिया सब के सब तोड़ दिए आपको रूइंस मिलेंगे और आपको दूसरे बिल्डिंग्स मिलेंगे जो टेम्पल को तोड़ के बनाए गए हैं एंड सो ऑन सदर्न इंडिया में कुछ कुछ बच गया है थैंकफुली तो ये सिचुएशन है आज राइट सर एक रिक्वेस्ट है सर यस सर आप क्या एक सर रीजन हो गया जैसे इंडोनेशिया हो गया वियतनाम हो गया सर आप उनसे रिलेटेड एक बार डेडिकेटेड हिस्ट्री वीडियो बना सकते हैं सिर्फ उन्हीं से दैट्स अ वेरी गुड आइडिया आई विल टेक दैट अप इन द फ्यूचर पता चले और कौन से टेंपल से क्या हुआ था कौन से राजा है ऐसे गुड आइडिया वेरी गुड आइडिया गुड सजेशन थैंक यू सर Thank you so much for the question. Nice meeting you, sir. Thank you. Bye. All right. Who else do we have? Let's bring in Mr. Mandar, Mandar Karnik. Good evening. Hello, Good sir. day, sir. Where are you? Good evening, sir. I am from Mumbai. All right. Nice to meet you. Thank you. Thank you, sir. So my question is uh, that uh, we have seen that you know today everybody 
propaganda is that we did not have good uh, a great glorious past and the counter propaganda is that we had a great glorious past so my question is what will it enable our people you know uh, what what will the people today get by recognizing our true history what will we achieve out of it because that i Very not understand okay what you don't understanding this is that what will we achieve by recognizing our true history see if you uh what you think about yourself and your ancestors from the past is what determines how you see yourself today if you feel if 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 a little if a small child feels that his or her ancestors were great and glorious people it imbues that child with a certain sense of self confidence that we can do things we can achieve things we can take on challenges and we can we can surmount those challenges now if you tell a child that their ancestors are a lineage of losers that mentality seeps in and they will not take on any big challenges right so it's all about creating a certain idea a certain self image in the child and that's why hist- the, the entire uh, marxist colonial project of distorting history had a social engineering agenda to turn indians into docile losers everybody speaks well, about indian the slave mindedness of indians indians have the slave mentality this is where it comes from right but what, what was their what did they achieve by making us docile what was their final aim has india emerged as a superpower today after no. 70 years of independence right that's what they achieved india has all the potential in the world to become the number one nation in terms of economy in terms of culture in terms of military everything technology everything india has we all know this sir you also know it mr mandar that we indians have the potential to to surpass everybody in every sphere of excellence why are we not doing it one of the reasons is this sir that we don't believe that we are capable of doing that because we have not been taught our true history that's as simple as it is right make yes. sense yes of course very nice thank you thank you so much for the question nice meeting you sir thank you thank bye. you sir bye. yeah bye all right let us bring in somebody else uh whom shall we bring in let's bring in uh, krish krishnali good evening ma'am good evening sir how are you doing where are I you from i'm from now i'm from mumbai sir nice to meet you what's your question ma'am sir uh, many times we feel um, feel that this movement is repeating and um, many times we feel that uh, this movement is repeating again and again um, it really uh, repeat or it is our mindset okay uh, which movement are you referring to it yeah, means uh, uh, last few days i uh, i means now i am not getting remember that time i uh, means uh, written the question in book so i saw the आप हिंदी में बोलिए आपको हिंदी में बोलिए जरूर बोलिए नो प्रॉब्लम कुछ दिनों पहले मैं मतलब मैं कई बार कुछ मूवमेंट्स मैंने फील किए कि वो बार बार रिपीट हो रहे करके मतलब कौन से मूवमेंट्स मींस 
हम खेल रहे तो एक बार ऐसे बॉल नीचे गिर गया तो ऐसे लग रहा है कि ये बॉल जो है फिर से ऐसे ही गिरा है मीन सेम मूवमेंट अच्छा अच्छा आई अंडरस्टैंड व्हाट यू सेइंग आप आप देजावू की बात कर रहे हैं कुछ लोग बोलते हैं कि हमने पहले अभी जो हो रहा है हमें लगता है कि पहले भी हम देख चुके हैं राइट आई आई डोंट नो व्हाट एग्जैक्टली इट इज यू नो बहुत सारे लोग ऐसा बोलते हैं कि उनको ऐसा ये एक्सपीरियंस होता है द एक्सपीरियंस ऑफ देजावू दैट आई हैव ऑलरेडी सीन दिस हैपन बिफोर अब ये एक न्यूरोलॉजिकल चीज है एक साइकोलॉजिकल फिनोमेनन है वी डोंट नो फॉर श्योर दैट इज नॉट माय फील्ड ऑफ एक्सपर्टीज आई हैव सर्टेनली हर्ड ऑफ दिस इट्स अ फैसिनेटिंग थिंग मेनी नॉट मेनी पीपल सम पीपल एक्सपीरियंस दिस एंड दे दे फील दैट थिंग्स हैव हैपेंड इन द पास्ट एंड वी आर सीइंग इट अगेन सो आई एम नॉट श्योर व्हाट इट इज यू नो आई थिंक वी नीड टू इनवाइट सम साइकोलॉजिस्ट साइकाइट्रिस्ट और और न्यूरोलॉजिस्ट टू डिस्कस दिस फिनोमेनन व्हिच इज फैसिनेटिंग इट सर्टेनली एग्जिस्ट्स बट आई डोंट नो व्हाट इज द रीजन फॉर इट आई डोंट नो व्हाट कॉजेस दिस थिंग बट आई कैन कंफर्म दैट इट सर्टेनली एग्जिस्ट्स एंड सम एंड सम पीपल अ सर्टेन परसेंटेज ऑफ द पॉपुलेशन डज रिपोर्ट एक्सपीरियंसिंग दिस सो दैट्स व्हाट आई कैन टेल यू मैम सर मैं वन लिटिल द क्लेम द फर्स्ट एरोप्लेन वाज मेड Let's bring Mr. Ayush. Hello. Hi, hi. Namaste. Namaste. Have you been on this show before? No, sir. No, sir. You have not. First time. No, sir. First time. No. Okay, yes. okay. Very nice. Very nice. Okay. Well, where where are you from? I am from Chhattisgarh, India. Very nice. Very nice. So, what's your question, sir? Sir, my question is, sir, does India have more? Dinosaur fossils than China or any other Asian country, but still, uh, but till did not been discovered. Yes. Oh, uh, that's a fascinating question. Paleontology. So, uh, India does have uh, deposits of dinosaur fossils because we have found uh, uh, tyrannosaurid dinosaur fossils in the Narmada Valley. Uh, a dinosaur that was uh, similar to the Tyrannosaurus rex dinosaur, which is from North America. and we have discovered dinosaur eggs also in various parts of india so certainly we do have uh, fossils of of uh, dinosaurs in india the thing is that in china they have turned this into an industry because they want to use it for the purpose of tourism and to show their expertise in this field and they have been able to discover lots of uh, new species of dinosaurs because they have been looking for it they are actively looking for it they have active uh, paleontology departments and um, uh, initiatives in china and that's why they have been able to discover so many dinosaur fossils and new species and so on they have even discovered dinosaurs whose feathers are preserved and even the color of the feathers is preserved right because dinosaurs most dinosaurs had feathers dinosaurs and birds are the same thing <laughs> now about india there is not a as far as i know there is not a single paleontology department in this country there is not a single institute of paleontology in the country i think india could have as many if not more deposits of dinosaur fossils than china 
I mean, people stumble upon these remains from time to time and they are just neglected. Like everything else in India, the government neglects everything. I think it could be something that we could exploit uh, in uh, attracting tourism, you know, creating dinosaur theme parks like Jurassic Park and all that. I'm not saying we should recreate living dinosaurs, but we could create these uh, dinosaur theme parks and all that to attract tourists and it could add uh, something into you know to our tourism arsenal and all and it could also throw light upon this this science of of uh, understanding our past the the past of our planet because the dinosaur era was a very significant era and maybe there were some species of dinosaurs that were only endemic to india when india was part of the african landmass and so on so it is something that should be taken up i really wonder why india doesn't take doesn't take up any of these initiatives when it, this is just low hanging fruit we we have everything here we have the dinosaur fossils and all that so unfortunately as of today we have done nothing we don't know how many species species of dinosaurs were there in india clearly there were many very good question Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes. Sir. All right. Nice question. Thank you so much. Yes, nice meeting yes. you. Yes, sir. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. 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 Bye bye. All right. Let us bring in. Whom shall I bring in? Let's bring in Mr. Ronesh. Ronesh Kumar. Hello, sir. I cannot hear you, sir. Can you hear me now? I can hear you now. Yes. Okay. सर सबसे पहले तो ये कहना चाहूंगा कि जीवन धन्य हो गया आप जैसे ज्ञानी से रूबरू होके Had been doing many things. जब जैसा कि भी आपने last question में भी किया कि हम uh, we are not really uh, uh, promoting our uh, tourism. We are not really going into all those research into music and all. Sir, और ये अभी जो मेरा main question है मैं उसकी तरफ लाता हूँ कि ये सब लेके uh, सारा जो एक केंद्र है वो इसी की तरफ आता है कि India has so many things. But like अभी मुझे जो सबसे बड़ा problem India का population लगता है. क्योंकि राइट नाउ वी ऑल से दैट इंडिया हैज दिगेस्ट यूथ पावर वो ठीक है दैट इज अ थिंग बट दैट्स नॉट ऑलवेज गो नो बी द केस बिकॉज इट समाइम इट इज गोइंग टू बिकम अ बिगर बिग बर्डन और मुझे इसका कुछ सोल्यूशन समझ में नहीं आता बिकॉज अनलाइक चाइना वी आर नॉट हम एक डिक्टेटरशिप नहीं है कि लाइक एवरी वन वन चाइल्ड पॉलिसी सबके ऊपर ऐसे थोप दिया जाए और थोड़ा मैं जो इंडियंस का हमारा नेचर भी है तो हम एकदम से अडोप्ट नहीं कर पाएंगे एंड बाय द टाइम ये सबके दिमाग में ये बात आए इट माइट बी टू लेट तो फिर uh, इन सब चीजों को करने के लिए जो भी हमारे पास रिसोर्सेस हैं वो ज्यादातर हमारे टू टेक केयर ऑफ द पुअर सो हम रिसर्च में इतना नहीं जा सकते क्योंकि वी हैव सो मैनी पीपल टू फीड तो जब तक ये एड्रेस नहीं होता इंडिया कैन नेवर बी सुपर पावर लाइक साउथ कोरिया एंड जापान क्योंकि उनका साइज स्मॉलर है so they don't have to cover the negative right so mujhe aisa lagta hai ki hum 
जीरो लेवल पे ना आके हम माइनस वन और माइनस टू हैं बिकॉज वी हैव अ लॉट टू कवर अप बिकॉज ऑफ बोथ दिस थिंग और सर तो फिर मेरा प्रश्न यही है क्योंकि मुझे ऐसा लगता है कि यू हैव अ लॉट ऑफ परस्पेक्टिव इन जियो प्रैक्टिकल वे ऑफ डूइंग थिंग तो इंडिया को अपना ये पॉपुलेशन जो एक प्रॉब्लम है वॉट इज द मोस्ट प्रैक्टिकल एंड इफेक्टिव सोल्यूशन फॉर दिस गोइंग फॉरवर्ड यस सर वेरी वेरी गुड क्वेश्चन वेरी इंपॉर्टेंट क्वेश्चन लोग बोलते हैं कि इंडियाज पॉपुलेशन इज अ डेमोग्राफिक डिविडेंड इट इज अ नाइस वे ऑफ पोर्ट्रेइंग द पोर्ट्रेइंग इट एंड ट्राइंग टू मेक लाइट नॉट मेक लाइट ऑफ द प्रॉब्लम बट यू नो ट्राइंग टू कीप अ पॉजिटिव अप्रोच एंड आउटलुक फॉर द पीपल पॉजिटिव्स बट लाइक there are negative as well and lot many and sorry for interrupting you sir yeah no 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 so what i the way i perceive india's population of 1.3 billion people i perceive it as a potential demographic disaster yeah. such a such an enormous population is an enormous burden on the resources of the subcontinent of india uh, we have to look back in time just 70 years in about 70 years ago before india was partitioned the total population of undivided india was about 330 million that is one fourth of what only india's population is today so you can imagine the burden on the resources of the country so this was the the consequence of the nehruvian policy of extraordinary poverty or the nehruvian rate of growth so people had to produce i mean whenever a nation is extremely poor the the growth rate of population increases exponentially so that's what we see throughout the world and that's why india's population grew so much now what needs to be done i mean certainly we need to tackle this problem now we cannot eliminate the population overnight i mean that, that doesn't work and a one child policy also is going to create a demographic disaster china is now going into a, a phase in which the majority of the population is going to be elderly so that is going to be another demographic disaster in china so we cannot try to even think about such a policy of one ch- uh, of having of forcing uh, every couple to have only one child what we can do is we can uh, give people a reason to have not more than two children i mean if 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 a couple has two children or less then give them certain incentives or something uh, some some uh, government sops or whatever we, i mean the government needs to come up with creative ideas to to make it uh, uh, to make people want to have not more than two kids i think if we have a two child policy then i think at least the population will be stabilized and it will not grow it will not keep on growing the way it, it is growing right now so there is something the we need to find a solution to certainly because we cannot have a population of 1.3 million 1.4 million 1.5 million it's going to be an enormous burden on the country Sir. and eventually on the whole world so even jo uh, 1.3 hai they because like so many people are now coming illegally into india mm. that might be much more or from government perspective even if i think ke even if say whoever is in the power even if they can people will not take it positively and they might not come into the power maybe for 10 15 years so even they will not push it because everyone wants to be in the power right and from the people level i don't know how much time they it will take them to realize and by that time it might be too late so like we might be a so many people lack of resources and then so and like a lot of fights because like same in the metro agar main yahan par main canada mein mehsoos karta hu aur there were 10 people and 20 seats so you people are well behaved because i know that i can easily get a seat but in delhi metro there is only one seat 20 people so they just like run after each other like animals so same thing 
Yes, yes. It's a, it's a very big problem. I mean, it causes unnecessary scarcity of resources. Uh, there is always this uh, rush for resources. There's competition. So everybody, instead of cooperating, is competing against each other and so on. So this is a problem that needs to be tackled. It has to be a long-term solution. It will not happen in the next 10-20 years. Maybe we have to have a 50-year plan or so. But it needs to be tackled. We need to somehow find a way within the next 100 years to go back to at least below 500 million, if that is possible. So if you take a long-term approach, then you may be able to plan better. And like you said, we have all these illegal immigrants and all, which is a big problem. So yeah, this is a big problem for India. It, we, we need to find a solution. Oh, sir, we cannot think of becoming superpower because we will be depleted internally. But system is so we'll be a fake superpower. Yeah, I agree. Okay, Good observation, thank you sir. so much. Uh, thank you so much for having me. And uh, one thing I wanted to tell the viewers because that was that's what I uh, observed last time. So Abhijit sir ko thoda ho sakta hai maine bhi ye kya ho. Abhijit sir ko bolne ka mokka dijiye because <laughs> last time one viewer so he was interrupting you over and over. So agar aap unse prashn pooch rahe hain to unko mokka dijiye. Baar baar aap interrupt karte hain to he will not be able to tell you. Okay. So just say that, sir. Sir, you lots of wishes and uh, hope to see you again. Thank you. Thank you so much. Nice meeting you, sir. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. All right. Let us bring in somebody else. Let's bring in somebody else. Uh, I would like somebody who has not been here before. Let's bring in Mr. Piyush. Good evening, sir. Good evening, sir. So, I am from Uttar Pradesh, Gorakhpur. Very nice. So, what's your question, sir? Uh, sir, I have a question related to... It is related to a previous question, but a little bit changed. Uh, sir, do you think conversion based on love uh, could be used as a tool to change the demographics? Uh, sorry, I, I missed the last part. What was that? So conversion based on love can be can it be used as a tool to change demographics there are all kinds of tools that are used to change demographics in the in this country there are all kinds of projects going on so yes certainly it's one of the tools i agree so and do you it think well that the it? term so the term which is used in media that is love uh, j and do you think it's real or it is uh, consistent with the today's scenario I think it is something everybody knows about. Even the media is speaking about it. So I don't think I have anything extra to add to it. Everybody knows that the certain things exist. Right? So yeah. And, sir, and a, a follow-up question related to it. Sir. So Only do you think it can... Sir, no, sir, it's this question uh, contains that question. Do you think it can lead to uh, existential anxiety? I don't know what existential anxiety is. Sir. What is that? Could you define it's, that? So if we see the demographic change around us and we see that the culture is uh, more foreign than it is uh, inherent to the India, then do you think that uh, it can lead to anxiety related to and eventually it can lead to civil war? Yes. Right, can you hear me? Uh, yes, sir. All right, sir. any... Yes. Yes, sir. Do you got my question, sir? The link was interrupted, sir. 
I am not able to hear you, sir. Sir, do you Please think that? Now. Sir, do you think that the culture, if it, which is in India, if it becomes more foreign, okay, then okay, okay, uh, I'm going to take only one question per person, sir. You are asking multiple questions. It's uh, okay, sir. no problem. I, I need to treat everybody the same. So okay, so okay. uh, so. All right, let's bring in somebody else. What happened here? Okay, uh, let's bring in uh, Vinay. Hi, Vinay. Jai Hind, sir. Jai Hind, Jai Hind. How are you? Sir, I want to, I want to ask that India India never India never uh, speaks about China, speaks on Chinese sovereignty, and uh, Chinese always claims Arunachal Pradesh. And various, and they have Sakshgam Valley also. So, sir, I have a question that if India corroborates, yes, sir. Yes. So, sir, if India corroborates Taiwan and Tibet as independent country and openly rejects one China policy, so, sir, what consequences we have to face from the Chinese? Uh, hmm. Economic consequences. Yes. Sorry, I, I think there's a problem from my side. Yes, please continue your question. Yes, so I'm asking that if India uh, accepts Taiwan and Tibet as independent countries and rejects one China policy, so what economic consequences or uh, uh, any other trade consequences we have to face from the Chinese? Uh, are these consequences normal? We are making too much of it or it will affect Indian economy via very high margin. Right, that's a very good question. So what are the consequences we can face if we were to uh, reject the one China policy, recognize Taiwan as a country and declare that uh, Tibet is not a part of China? Uh, there could be a whole bunch of consequences. See, the Chinese uh, have infiltrated the entire global economic system, the power uh, structures of the world, the United Nations, the WHO, as we know. these are This is something they have been working on for the past three to four decades. So they have infiltrated every country. They have infiltrated the United Nations, all the global institutions, the WHO, the World Bank. They have even infiltrated deep into the United States and the Western countries. So they have a very strong hold on the global economy. They are very much part of every single uh, network in the global economy. All the supply chains, everything, they are so much into... They have a stranglehold on the manufacturing, uh, worldwide manufacturing process and all that. So it is something that they, they have this enormous economic might. Uh, they have this enormous economic might. And because their economy has grown so much, their GDP is so high, they also have been able to develop a very powerful military. So if India were to dis uh, were, were able to if India were to reject the one China policy and so so on, then it they could bring to to bear a whole lot of consequences on, on India. Uh, there could be problems at the UN level. There could be problems from uh, from other countries. They could induce other countries to to do certain things that are not in India's favor. And they could also try and uh, create trouble on the border. They may they may even uh, try to launch a short, sharp war or something. So they have an entire toolkit at their disposal. And the thing is that they could, uh, because of their uh, much larger economic uh, stature and might, they can 
impose costs on india that would be uh, kind of you could you could uh, look upon them as economic sanctions for instance when india did the nuclear tests in 1998 the americans imposed economic sanctions on india which uh, because of which india was not able to acquire certain technologies it it set india's uh, technological development back by at least a decade so that is an example of economic sanctions the chinese could also do such things india needs certain uh, certain uh, uh, what do you call them certain parts you know spares and all that from china certain uh, semiconductor certain uh, chips and so on which are only manufactured in china they could cut off those supplies and so on so there's a whole lot of things they can do right we don't want to get into that right now india doesn't want to enter into that sort of conflict with china right now india needs to spend the next 10 years at least building up its economy once you cross the 10 trillion dollar mark then you have a certain stature and perhaps then you can think of taking china on see the chinese the statesman deng xiaoping had a very clear policy his policy was uh keep your capabilities hidden and bide your time and work on building your strength right so that's what he exhorted the chinese to do and that's where that, that's the direction in which he steered china so from the 1980s onward until the 2010s the chinese just kept quiet they did not showcase and show off their capabilities they just kept on building 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 and then after xi jinping took over that's when they have started their moves so india needs to uh, take a similar approach right now there's no point entering into unnecessary conflicts with china right now just to give them lip service say that yes we believe in this uh, so called one china policy even if they try they keep on needling us in arunachal pradesh and other places right now just swallow the insults build up your strength go to gym build up a huge physique and then you take them on right so that's the approach india needs to take so this is the reason why government is uh, very calm and we should support the government instead of we should understand that there are things that we don't know about there are things far below the surface that the government knows but we they are not visible to all of us so we have to support the government no matter what happens especially when the government has done well in the terms of in terms of foreign policy etc in the past uh, few years so we need to support the government and and that that's the best way the, to take the country forward right okay. thank you sir thank you for the question very good question nice meeting yes. you jai hind jai hind bye bye all right let us bring in somebody who has been waiting for a while let me see who all are here mm, who is there let me bring in atharva oh hi sir hello sir hello uh, sir it's really good that you talked about hindustani classical music recently in previous questions unfortunately hello. your sound is lagging i'm not able to hear you sir i just a second please try again oops gone is gone oh no okay until he comes back hopefully let's bring in somebody else let me bring in let me bring in mr shiv hello can't hear you please unmute yourself hello sir hi now can you hear me i can hear uh, you yes. yes sir yes sir uh, sir uh, first of all i am very glad to see you that uh, after nice to meet long you. Uh, after waiting so long I, i i got a chance to talk with you Uh, sir, uh, I had one question regarding uh, mythologies. That uh, in uh, means 
वेरी लॉन्ग सर कैन आई टॉक इन हिंदी बोलिए बोलिए हिंदी में बोलिए हां यस सर सर तो पहले जो पॉलीथी पॉलीथिस्टिक जो माइथोलॉजीज थी फॉर एग्जांपल के ग्रीक माइथोलॉजी हिंदू माइथोलॉजी नॉर्स माइथोलॉजी सर तो उनमें बहुत सारी सिमिलरिटीज थी लाइक हिंदू माइथोलॉजी में इंद्रा थे जो गॉड ऑफ थंडर थे फिर ग्रीक माइथोलॉजी में ज्यूस थे नॉर्स में थॉर थे सर तो ये सब सिमिलरिटीज हमें देखने मिलती है पॉलीथिस्टिक में सर बट फिर जैसे धीरे-धीरे वर्ल्ड मोनोथिस्टिक की तरफ चला गया फॉर एग्जांपल इस्लाम एंड क्रिश्चियनिटी सर सो मतलब वो इतना बड़ा लीप कैसा आया मतलब इतना बड़ा डिफरेंस कैसे आया मतलब जो जो लोग पहले मतलब इतने सारे भगवान को मानते थे पर इतनी सारी सिमिलरिटीज थी सर फिर उनके माइंड इतने अलग-अलग क्यों हो गए फॉर एग्जांपल जैसे इस्लाम में भी इंटरनली इतने सारे वो डिफरेंसेस आ गए क्रिश्चियनिटी में भी सेम होता है सर तो इतने मतलब जो इतने सारे सब गुल मिलके रहने वाली जो माइथोलॉजीज थी सर वो सब इतने सर डिफरेंशिएट कैसे हो गए मतलब सब अलग-अलग कैसे हो गए सब एक दूसरे में झगड़ने कैसे लग गए सर बस यही जानना यस सर वेरी गुड क्वेश्चन लेट मी टेक दैट अप तो जैसे आपने कहा कि ये सारे जो सिस्टम्स थे इंडियन पैंथियन ऑफ गॉड्स इंद्र थे ऑन दैट और ग्रीक पैंथियन और रोमन पैंथियन और नॉर्डिक पैंथियन और इवन द स्लाविक पैंथियन ऑफ गॉड्स सब एक ही है एक्चुअली उन सब का ओरिजिन एक है एंड द ओल्डेस्ट सिविलाइजेशन इज इंडिया एंड अगर हम जेनेटिक्स देखें और सब वो सब देखें तो हमें समझ में आता है कैसे ये सब डिस्पर्स हुआ विद द जेनेटिक्स एंड द कल्चर आल्सो स्प्रेड अक्रॉस द वर्ल्ड राइट तो आई एम गोना म्यूट यू बिकॉज़ थोड़ा आवाज आ रहा है ओके आई एम गोना म्यूट यू ओके थैंक यू सो थैंक यू राइट सो ये बात है सो द कल्चर एसेंशियली वाज द सेम पूरा अगर आप यूरेशिया देखिए फ्रॉम इंडिया टू ऑल द वे टू द वेस्ट टू द आयरिश टू द ब्रिटिश आइलैंड्स यू हैड द सेम कल्चर एसेंशियली यू हैड लॉट्स ऑफ ब्यूटीफुल लोकल मैनिफेस्टेशंस ऑफ द सेम कल्चर तो ये रोमन कल्चर है ग्रीक कल्चर है स्लाविक कल्चर है केल्टिक कल्चर है नॉर्डिक कल्चर है सब एक ही था डिफरेंट मैनिफेस्टेशन ऑफ द सेम कल्चर द सेम ट्रेडिशंस राइट बाद में क्या हुआ कि ये सब मोनोथिज्म निकल के आया फ्रॉम द डेजर्ट रीजन्स ऑफ ऑफ जूडिया प्रेजेंट डे इजराइल द सो कॉल्ड एब्राहमिक कल्चर द एब्राहमिक रिलीजन्स विच आर मोनोथिस्टिक ट्रेडिशंस अब इसमें क्या था कि for some reason whatever it is it is a extremely expansionist kind of uh, uh, kind of tradition it is it is it is a culture or a re- religious system that is expansionist it is supremacist it is exclusivist these are known facts you can read their books in this isme aisa likha gaya hai right so there is nothing controversial that i'm saying there now aisa kya hua ki sabse pehle आई थिंक रोमन एम्पायर में क्रिश्चियनिटी का प्रवेश हुआ एंड इवेंचुअली क्या हुआ कि द रोमन एम्पर जिसका नाम था कॉन्स्टेंटीन ही वॉज द एम्पर इन कॉन्स्टेंटिनोपल ही सॉ दिस एज एन अपॉर्चुनिटी टू टू कंसोलिडेट हिज होल्ड ऑन द एम्पायर सो ही डिक्लेयर क्रिश्चियनिटी टू बी दफिशियल स्टेट रिलीजन ऑफ द रोमन एम्पायर एंड दैट precipitated and accelerated the conversion of the people into christianity and because it is a monotheistic monolithic culture it was it it made it easier for him to exercise total control over his subjects and over his empire so from a political perspective from a cold hard political uh, 
perspective monotheistic cultures and religions are much better in controlling the people that's why politicians are the ones who start the conversion process so that's what we saw in the roman empire and then you saw the spread of christianity very fast across europe even uh, the vikings were subjugated and, and uh, converted to christianity and it was still a rather brutal process the conversion of europe to christianity was brutal uh, you can read the book by catherine nixie the darkening age in which she has detailed uh, she has given lots of details about how the old indigenous culture of europe was destroyed by force and christianity was imposed upon europe and similarly with the other the other major abrahamic religion which is islam again it spread through through similar means i mean there is no controversy in the way in how it spread some people claim that uh, it spread by voluntary conversion well that is not really the case right so the real reason why uh, rulers like to adopt monotheistic religions is that these are militaristic in nature and it gives them a better way of controlling the people and whatever uh, regions they rule so that's the reason why it it became very popular right okay, makes sir. sense uh, sir sir just one request uh, sir please uh, add more of the videos on the hindi channel because uh, my family members also watches them but they are uh, they are a lot uh, easier to uh, get, get knowledge in hindi yes sir okay i will try and invest some time in that all right sir thank ah, you so yes, much for the question thank you Nice meeting you. Huh? Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you Bye-bye. All right. Let us bring in somebody else. Um, whom shall I bring in? Let us bring in uh, Sagar. Hello, Sagar. Could you please unmute yourself? Am I audible now? Yes, sir. You are audible. Okay. Where are you from? So, sir, uh, I'm from Pune, and right. uh, uh, thanks for bringing me in. So, my question revolves around uh, a very controversial topic, and I am not sure if I should uh, name that uh, on the video. Maybe the YouTube algorithm might uh, uh, catch it and maybe ban your videos. But it revolves around the plant which is banned. I guess uh, you might have got it now, and the plant is banned. like since 1985 i guess so like what was the reason for that and uh like i have few examples from my friend circles and you know uh elsewhere i can get to get this news like that plant has helped many people and uh, you know there are some benefits but when people go and talk about those benefits the person who is listening it's like you know uh, no that's really uh, you know a weird thing and they don't believe it So, like, what's your take on that uh, plant, and why was it banned in India, and why all of a sudden? Okay, okay, good question. I don't see any controversy in that. You're referring to the cannabis plant, marijuana, ganja, whatever you want to call it, right? That's hey, what you're yeah. referring to. No controversy yeah. there. I think you're right. I think it was banned sometime in 1985 or something like that. I don't know why it was banned. It is a natural substance. It is a plant that has been uh, used for thousands of years in India. and it is not some synthetic drug that is addictive or something i'm sure if you smoke something there's going to be some effect but it's not like smoking some hard drug or something and it's been something that has been part of india's traditions mystical traditions and so on i i know that certain sadhus they they like to consume that or smoke that or whatever and in recent times research has demonstrated that the active compound in 
this plant seems to have very beneficial effects even the non psychoactive compound thc i think it's called i think that also has a i'm not sure if it's thc or something else there are a number of compounds in there but there is a non psychoactive component of uh, the plant which has a very beneficial effect and it is good for uh, calming people down people who have depression or anxiety it calms them down it relaxes them i think e- even people who are suffering from uh, some uh, people who have chronic pain etc they would benefit from consuming or or partaking of uh, of this plant and so on so i don't think it is something that should be regarded as a hard drug or as a narcotic it is a naturally occurring plant and i i am not sure about this but i have heard i think somewhere that it is not really addictive so if you have it once you're not going to want to have it every day if somebody smokes uh, tobacco for instance uh, they get they get hooked to it they get addicted and it's i know that it's it's extremely difficult for people who are smokers to quit the habit it's so hard you know because it is i think it is even more addictive addictive than uh, heroin or cocaine or something that's what i heard and similarly with alcohol people who get into the habit of drinking alcohol they simply can't quit it right so in the case of cannabis in the case of uh, marijuana it, that is not the case i mean i'm not an expert that, but this is what i've heard so i don't see why this plant has been banned in india i think it's just a case of copying and aping the west in the west they had banned this plant so we should also be civilized enough to follow the west and do whatever the hell they're doing and now in the us there is this movement to legalize the use of cannabis in uh, the netherlands i think it's been legal for quite some time now many states in the us have decriminalized the use of this uh, plant and in india it's been part of our traditions for thousands of years so i think it is it is just going backwards to blindly copy what the west is doing and and uh, criminalize the use of this plant i i i think the uh, the authorities the law enforcement authorities i think they are reasonably lenient when it comes to the use of cannabis uh so it is kind of you know kind of uh, tolerated and uh, they may not uh, they may not really punish people or or throw them into jail for using it if unless they do it all the time but i think it's it's pointless i think we need to decriminalize the 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 use of uh, this plant because it does have uh, positive effects on some people people uh, who who suffer from like what i said you know depression anxiety etc and so on so i think it's something where the government should take up and consider you know yeah okay thanks sir all right nice, nice meeting nice meeting you thanks thanks bye, thanks. bye. all right let us see i can see mr ajit has been waiting for quite some time let us bring in mr ajit hello sir yeah hello sir hello sir good evening good evening uh, thanks for adding me in this call i was waiting My pleasure. for last from last four session so okay. you know, i have one question and this is regarding role of mr dr babasaheb ambedkar i mean how do you see role of dr babasaheb ambedkar in shaping the indian society after our so called independence i mean did he fought for the social justice or was his mindset what just a result of british colonialism and uh, and have we actually been lead to the uh, that kind of society where social justice is actually in place or i mean he was uh, still a believer of iron invasion theory from his writing we can see uh, 
his book Kahuveshudras. We can see he was believer of Aryan invasion theory, and that's why most of his followers and uh, panthers, so-called panthers, they are following the same. And I mean, big, lots of problems are happening in our society because of that. So, right, good question. How good do question. we see through? Yeah. Right. So I'll tell you something. Until 2016 or 2017, I used to believe in the Aryan invasion theory. I, I myself used to believe it, right? Because this is what we were taught. And in the 1930s, 40s, 50s, everybody believed in this theory because nobody had found the evidence that totally proves it wrong. So I have nothing against people from 70, 80, 100 years ago, etc., believing in the Aryan invasion theory. Bal Gangadhar Tilak used to believe in it. He wrote a book about this. It's not his fault. It is. It was the prevailing wisdom at the time. It was the accepted wisdom. So that is fine. That is not an issue. Now, when it comes to Mr. Ambedkar, you know, truthfully, I haven't studied his life in any detail. I have never really been interested in the period of time in which this so-called freedom struggle happened because it was very clear to me from the very beginning that it's a fake freedom struggle. And I have never really found uh, Mr. Ambedkar that interesting. I'm not saying he's not a great figure or whatever. I don't know. I don't know much about him. I have never invested the time in studying his life and his writings and all because I, to be very frank and honest, I found it rather dull. What has interested me in my life is the ancient Indian history, the Harappan times, the Vedic times, etc. And I, I have always looked upon history as a big picture project. I've studied the history of the entire world. But if you ask me the history of a particular dynasty somewhere, then I may not know about it. But I know the big picture sequence and chronology of the history of the world. And I know the uh, major players in that. Now, I am not sure about the role of Mr. Ambedkar, how significant it was and how great of a figure he was when it comes to Indian history. I know that he was very much anti-Mohandas Gandhi. He had a very low opinion of Mr. Gandhi. So that is what I know. I know that he is uh, given the credit, credit of framing India's constitution. Uh, I don't know actually if he, if he actually wrote the constitution himself or not, but he was the the head of the committee that wrote this. So I, I really cannot give a judgment about Mr. Ambedkar, whether he was uh, a significant and uh, towering figure like many people claim he was. I really don't know. I haven't studied his life in that much detail because I have never found it that interesting to be very honest. It doesn't mean that other people should not find it interesting. Everybody has their own uh, you know their own thing which they like uh, or or not like that much. So my what has driven my study of history is overall big picture history. I have not studied many individuals. I mean I have not studied every individual that has that has existed. I have studied the great drivers of history but not everybody. So, unfortunately, I cannot answer your question in great detail, but that's where we are. Yeah. Thank you, sir. I mean, just one question from, based on that subject only. I mean, uh, who are the great figures from the Indian history in the last thousands of years? Uh, I mean, like you said in your last sessions. Like, uh, uh, Lord Ram, Lord Krishna Chandra in the past. Lord Ram, Lord Krishna, uh, Gautam Buddha, certainly great. Uh, Mr. What's in uh, Vardaman Mahavir was great, uh, Kanishka the Great, many kings and queens of mythology, they call them mythical and etc. You know, they, they try to term them as mythical kings or queens like the great Vikram, Emperor Vikramaditya. Come on, man, I, that's nonsense. Then the great Gupta emperors like, uh, like uh, Skandagupta, 
the Karkota dynasty, like Lalita Ditya Muktapida, uh, uh, Shivaji, Chhatrapati Shivaji Maharaj was great, uh, Ranjit Singh Ji was great, and so on. So there are so many great figures that I cannot, you know, I cannot think of or remember all of them right now. I am sure I've missed many, but there have been many, many very significant uh, stalwarts in Indian history who have uh, built up this great civilization over over the thousands of years, right? Thank you. Thanks, Mara. Thank you for your question. Nice meeting Thank you, sir. Nice meeting you. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> All right. Let us bring in Mr. Kabir Bisla, who has been waiting for some time. Hello, hello sir. sir. Hello, sir. Hello, hello. Where are you from? Some Meerut. Meerut. All right, sir. What's your question? Sir, my question is, as the Turkic invaders or so-called Mughals invaded India, they brought Islam with them. And uh, the Islam destroyed our culture in our ancestral areas like Punjab and Sindh in Pakistan. So how can we restore our culture in these areas? What we can do, see, what you are uh, stating is correct. As you know, today there is no Indian culture in these regions. There is a, there is a fact. There is no controversy in that, right? What can we do? We need to revive our culture in our, our own territory right now. Even today, in, in 2021, India's culture is waning. It is declining. I mean, people are deracinated. They have forgotten their roots, right? Uh, our religions, our, our festivals are being banned countrywide. We are not allowed to practice our festivals. We are not allowed to administer our own uh, religious uh, sites like temples. The wealth that is donated to temples by devotees is stolen by the government and used by God, used for God knows what means, what purposes, and so on. So, first of all, we need to revive, we need to protect and revive our culture, our, our traditions in our own land that we currently administer. That is the first stage. And when it comes to Sindh and Punjab of Pakistan and uh, Gandhar and all that, that is that has to be a long-term project, maybe the next 100 years, the next 200 years. We don't, see, we are a very ancient civilization, more than 10,000 years old. Our plans don't end with one lifetime. Our plans have to span centuries. We are simply one link in a long chain. And we have to ensure that the chain continues. It is not broken. So right now we are in this situation. Is it possible to revive our culture and civilization? Certainly it is possible. As, as long as we all get together and work in the same common direction and as long as we, we are united, we will succeed. So to yeah, answer your question, we need to first the... do it in India. Yes, sir. So the Indian government, uh, their policies are very anti-Hindu. Yes. Yes, absolutely. So how it is the possible policies... to survive it? Yeah, so... so... Today, if you look at India, it, India is the world's most Hindu-phobic country. India, Hindus have more equal rights in the West than in India. In India, Hindus are second-class citizens. India is a Hindu-phobic apartheid state by its constitution, by its laws, by its policies, by its government's governance, by its institutions, everything. Everything is Hindu-phobic. So we need to... We need to find good leaders i'm not saying the current the current leadership is not good but the current leadership is is in a situation where the entire structure is hindu phobic so they have to take one step small step at a time i i think that's the reason why things are slow but we need to ensure that we develop great leaders among our youth among people like you because you guys are going to be the future leaders of india Yes, so that's what India needs to do. We need to understand what leadership is. What is leadership today? Nobody understands. 
क्या चीज है लीडरशिप नो बडी नोज लीडरशिप इज नॉट है बिग वॉइस लीडरशिप इज नॉट बींग टॉल leadership is something else we have to understand what that is and we also have to understand what is the national interest today we are not taught these things in school college university what is leadership what is national interest once we start understanding these things we will go in the right direction right so it's a it's a long process but it is it is certainly feasible right yes sir thank you sir nice meeting you sir thank you for the question thank you sir bye all right let me bring in whom shall i bring in i shall bring in mr sushrut hello sir hello sir how are you doing sir good yes sir what's your question sir uh, there are many similarities between the greek culture and the indian culture if we go long back sir so is that possible that the dwarka is actually uh, the atlantis described by the plato that is a very interesting uh, theory that you just put forth you know what um, yeah so the so i think this guy plato he wrote about this uh, city called atlantis that sank into the ocean because of a powerful earthquake and everything just disappeared under the sea now the europeans believe that it was in the ocean between europe and the americas so they called it the atlantic ocean but they have never discovered any such place where such an event happened they have never discovered a city that is under, that has gone under water the only city that we know of that has uh, undergone such an event a catastrophic earthquake and uh, going under the sea is dwarka so that is absolutely true so and until very recently historians used to say that this story of dwarka from the mahabharat times that this earthquake happened and the city was swallowed by the ocean it is just a myth just a myth just a myth we used to keep saying that until in the 1980s i think our archaeologists discovered an entire city under the ocean right off the coast of modern day dwarka so clearly this is something that actually happened what is described in the mahabharat that arjun was there and he saw this happen it actually happened because we now have the evidence so is this the atlantis that plato spoke about well it is called dwarka we have never called it atlantis so we don't know about that but it's the only place in the world where such an event has happened so maybe plato was referring to this place with a different name it is possible but we don't have the evidence to to uh, to create a definitive connection between these two things but yeah it's a good hypothesis certainly we could we can take it seriously and consider it right okay sir sir can i request you for a video please tell me sir uh, actually if we go and look at ayurveda it was the best source of medicines so can you just tell in an video that about the origins of ayurveda and how it progressed that's a that's a very interesting topic i will certainly uh, put that on my to do list right okay okay thank you so much nice meeting thank you thank you sir thank you sir thank you thank you bye bye all right all right let me bring in uh, whom shall i bring in let me bring in mr mr sushant hello sir thank you sir namaste I'm, sir namaste namaste my pleasure to meet you where are you sir, from sir uh, jammu and kashmir jammu and kashmir very nice what's your yes, question sir sir, sir mera question ye hai ki 
सर हमने चाणक्य नीति बहुत देख ली कॉर्पोरेट में कई ऐसी चाणक्य नीति है सर जो ओरिजिनल सोर्स मटेरियल है वो कहाँ से मिलता है हमें सर ये पता है hmm. Yeah, वेरी गुड क्वेश्चन सो आई थिंक ये जो अर्थशास्त्र है विष्णुगुप्त चाणक्य जी ने लिखा था अबाउट कुछ आई थिंक अबाउट ढाई हजार वर्ष पहले विष्णुगुप्त चाणक्य जी चंद्रगुप्त मौर्य के गुरु थे अप्रोक्सीमेटली साढ़े अप्रोक्सीमेटली ढाई हजार वर्ष आज से पूर्व की बात है तो उन्होंने ये पूरा ये बुक लिखा था पुस्तक लिखा था जिसका नाम है अर्थशास्त्र जिसमें उन्होंने पूरा ये कैसे एक बड़े सिविलाइजेशन को कैसे एडमिनिस्टर करते हैं वो पूरा उन्होंने डिटेल में लिख के दिया था अब आई थिंक ये जो टेक्स्ट है इसका ये कुछ एक कुछ सौ डेढ़ सौ वर्ष पहले किसी जगह पर मिला था इन द रिटर्न फॉर्म और उस, उसका ट्रांसलेशन बन उसका ट्रांसलेशन आज हमें मिलता है इन वेरियस फॉर्म्स इन इंग्लिश एंड सो ऑन आई डोंट थिंक कितना पुराना टेक्स्ट था आई आई एम नॉट श्योर कितना पुराना वो वो टेक्स्ट था जो सबसे पहले मिला था आई डोंट नो इसका कार्बन डेटिंग हुआ था या नहीं लेकिन इट इज सडनली समथिंग दैट वाज देयर फॉर सेवरल सेंचुरीज और दैट वाज द टेक्स्ट ऑफ द अर्थशास्त्र लेकिन उसके पहले पुराने भी उसके कॉपीज होंगे आई एम श्योर इन आवर ग्रेट यूनिवर्सिटीज नालंदा तक्षशिला तिलहारा विक्रमशिला एक्सेट्रा इन सारे यूनिवर्सिटीज में उसके टेक्स्ट रहे होंगे वो सारे जल गए लेकिन थैंकफुली एक आध कॉपी बच गया था विच वॉज डिस्कवर्ड अबाउट आई थिंक इन द लेट एटीन सेंचुरी और अर्ली नाइनटीन सेंचुरी इन दैट्स हाउ वी वर एबल टू रीडिस्कवर द अर्थशास्त्र विच इज पॉपुलरली नोन एज चाणक्य नीति सो so, आजकल उसके बहुत सारे अलग अलग इंटरप्रिटेशन होते हैं जैसे कि इन द कॉर्पोरेट वर्ल्ड एक्सेट्रा सो इट कैन बी यूज सर्टनली इन दीज थिंग्स मिलिट्री स्ट्रेटेजी एक्सेट्रा इज अपलिकेबल इन ऑल डोमेन्स ऑफ लाइफ इन पर्सनल लाइफ इन बिजनेस लाइफ इन फैमिली लाइफ इन जियो पॉलिटिक्स एवरीवेयर सो या थैंक यू फॉर क्वेश्चन सर थैंक यू सर जी बोलिए सर इसका मतलब ये कि जो चाणक्य नीति जो हम पढ़ते हैं वो अर्थशास्त्र का ही एक सबसेट है वो अर्थशास्त्र ही है हाँ अर्थशास्त्र के में से अलग अलग चीजें निकाल के उसको चाणक्य नीति बोलते हैं लेकिन जो मेन ओवरऑल कंप्लीट टेक्स्ट है उसका नाम है अर्थशास्त्र सर आपके कश्मीर पे क्या इस टाइम सर हमारे यहाँ बहुत खराब है तो आपका क्या पॉइंट है इस कश्मीर सिचुएशन में दूसरा प्रश्न पूछ दिया मुझे जी सॉरी मैं चाहता हूँ कि कश्मीर सेफ हो जाए कश्मीर शुड बी प्रॉस्परस पीसफुल एंड इट शुड बी री इंटीग्रेटेड कम्प्लीटली विद इंडिया एंड इट शुड बी इंडियन इट इज इंडियन इट इज इट विल ऑलवेज बी इंडियन एंड वी नीड टू री इंटीग्रेट द एंटायरिटी ऑफ कश्मीर विथ विथ द नेशन ऑफ इंडिया टेररिज्म थैंक यू नाइस मीटिंग यू बाय ऑल राइट लेट अस ब्रिंग इन मिस्टर प्रबुदत्ता हेलो सर हेलो सर हेलो या हाय यस हाय आई कैन हियर यू ओके सर आई एम आई एम फ्रॉम ओडिशा कटक ओके सो सर माय क्वेश्चन इज कैन यू सिंपलीफाई आवर रिलीजन एंड रिलीजियस टेक्स्ट लाइक यू नो देयर आर सो मेनी टेक्स्ट इन आवर हिंदू रिलीजन so can't we just simplify like uh, abrahamic religions uh, islam and christian that they followed only one religious text uh, quran and bible so my question is that can't we just simplify it for our uh, you know uh, today's era 
so that our मतलब our population can you know simply simply understand this and follow this what मतलब मतलब बहुत जैसे follow कर रहे हैं उनके religion को तो क्या हमारे लोग हम मतलब ये रिलीजन को इस तरह से एक ही बुक तरीके से एक ही मतलब पूरा सिंप्लीफाई तरीके से फॉलो नहीं कर सकते क्या या सच में मतलब हमारे जो रिलीजियस हमारे जो रिलीजियस लीडर्स हैं क्या इस मतलब ये सब चीज के लिए कुछ काम कर रहे हैं या नहीं हमारे रिलीजियस लीडर्स कौन है जी एक गिव मी वन नेम कौन है अगर शंकराचार्य ऑफ पुरी और यू नो साउथ में जो शंकराचार्य वो सब मतलब कोई तो होना चाहिए ना सर मतलब हमारे रिलीजन को आगे बढ़ाने के लिए जिस तरह उनके यहाँ है तो हमारे यहाँ तो कोई होना चाहिए देखिए पहली बात तो ये है कि हमारे कल्चर uh, में ऐसा कोई मेन रिलीजियस लीडर नहीं है फॉर इंस्टेंस बौद्ध धर्म में आजकल दलाई लामा जी को सबसे ऊंचा रिलीजियस लीडर मानते हैं राइट तो उनकी बात सब मानते हैं दैट ही इज द हाइस्ट अथॉरिटी आज हिंदू धर्म जो बोलते हैं सनातन धर्म उसमें ऐसा कुछ है ही नहीं राइट आई मीन हर कोई बोलेगा कि मेरा जो फेवरेट लीडर है मेरा मेरा जो फेवरेट धर्म गुरु है वो सबसे ऊंचा है देर इज नो यूनिटी इन इन हिंदुजम सबसे पहली बात तो ये है और दूसरी बात आप जो बोल रहे हैं कि सिंप्लीफाई uh, कर, कर सकते हैं हम क्या सो दैट एवरीबडी विल अंडरस्टैंड इट प्रॉपरली एंड एवरीबडी विल गेट यूनाइटेड दिस इज समथिंग दैट हैज बीन डिस्कस्ड एंड टेकन अप फॉर अ वेरी लॉन्ग टाइम रिफॉर्मिंग हिंदुजम अभी क्या ब्राह्मो समाज था आर्य समाज था उन्होंने अलग अलग तरीके से हिंदुजम को रिफॉर्म करने की कोशिश की द पॉइंट इज दैट अगर हम हिंदुजम को रिफॉर्म कर दे एक ही बुक बना दे तो फिर हमारा और उनमें ये डिफरेंस क्या रहेगा अंतर क्या रहेगा हम भी उनके जैसे हो जाएंगे राइट सो द थिंग इज दैट इट इज इफ यू इफ यू ट्राई टू रिफॉर्म हिंदुजम एंड एंड सिंप्लीफाइड देन वी लूज द एसेंस ऑफ हिंदुजम हिंदुजम इज it is about 10000 plus years old itna lamba purana tradition hai to it usme sophistication aur complexity to aayegi hi and it is a very liberal pluralistic tradition ki sabka point of view uh, respected hai usme charvak bhi aata hai jo atheistic kind of uh, view point hai world ka usme bodh dharma aata hai usme yoga aata hai sankhya aata hai bahut alag alag se view points hai sabko hum integrate karke lete hain so it hinduism is not a religion it is a culture it is a civilizational thing the abrahamic religions are monotheistic religions which is totally different but you are right ki because of our complexity and diversity we, there is no unity you are that that point is correct yes, so make ye main ye kahunga ki instead of trying to simplify hinduism we need to create a leadership structure that everybody everybody recognizes and follows and then that leader i mean that has to be real leadership not just aisa fake leadership right aajkal har koi guru ban jata hai everybody becomes a guru aajkal bhai humne yoga yoga class khol diya to hum guru ban gaye aajkal aisa hai so we have to understand the real gurus are very different they they are really accomplished people so instead i i would say that instead of trying to simplify hinduism we need to create a proper organizational structure and a real leadership agar hum ye karenge to we will be able to unite until that happens we, we, unity is not not really possible right that's what I, that's okay, my sir, perspective uh, okay sir thank you sir and uh, sir one uh, matlab main aapka bahut bada fan hu theek hai to aapka sare video mein dekhta hu aur aap jo bhi kar rahe hain wo bahut acha hai aur uh, i hope uh, sab log ye sab ko matlab appreciate kare aur uh, thank you for considering me and giving me chance here. 
thank you sir thank you thank you so much for your for your kind words thank you so much i really appreciate it thank you, thank you ji thank you bye all right who else do we have whom shall i bring in let me bring in mr sovik sovik roy hello sir hello sir hello sir am i audible yes sir okay. you are audible so i'm from west bengal uh, my right. question is on uh, science and or and or spirituality and okay. kya sakta aur bhi kya sakta to uh, in a spiritual discourse i uh, listen uh, about the fact that uh, space has been uh, generated from uh, time and time is from uh, greater time like like that so uh, i want to know about your take from the viewpoint of modern science is this relevant in modern viewpoint of science as well like uh, yeah, it was a video of sadguru sadguru ji he said that because there is time so there is space so space is kind of uh, evolved from time and time is from and there is a greater time concept so i, I want to know you if you can shed some light okay i get it right i get what you're asking uh interesting question so i am not familiar with the theories of uh, sadguruji i have uh, i am not familiar with that uh so he is saying that uh, space emerges from time so it yeah, is yeah. time that exists first and out of time space yes. comes out yes so that's an interesting yeah i get it right so it's an interesting theory but uh, we we have no evidence of that right i mean the thing is this see sadguruji is not a scientist he's he is more into the uh, realm of philosophy right philosophy and spirituality that is that is where he comes from i believe Now, this is the context from indian spirituality i get it i get it right so so we have a number of uh, philosophical schools of thought we have atomism that came from uh, maharishi kanada which can be viewed as the first quantum theory or the first atomic theory in which there is a certain set of uh, principles that uh, governs the world and, and there are a whole bunch of other spiritual and philosophical schools of thought now it is well known that physics especially science and physics they emerged out of philosophy but there is a there is a set of rules that comes with with science and physics and those rules don't really apply when it comes to philosophy for instance when we talk about physics physics deals with observables it deals with physical objects and physical phenomena observable objects and observable phenomena in philosophy you can deal with you can discuss non observable non physical objects in phenomena like the soul i mean we have never able been able to take a photograph of the soul or weigh the soul or measure the soul or or observe it so the physical uh, when it comes to science and when it comes to philosophy these two do not mix so in philosophy in spirituality you can make theories that may never be observable may, may never be verifiable but you can make these uh, you can have these theories these are philosophical theories but they are not necessarily scientific theories so from the perspective of science you need evidence observational evidence and from that perspective as a scientist i have to tell you that there is no actual observational evidence that space emerges from time now in physics there is the big bang theory in which there was a singularity which gave rise to the entire universe space time emerged out of it but we don't know what caused the the initial expansion of space time so we know what happened but we don't know why it happened so even science does not have lots of answers we have to understand that so there are big gaps in our understanding of science 
and that's where philosophy could possibly give us some kind of margadarshan so to say show us the direction especially indian philosophy because when you go deep 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 into the cutting edge of science where where possibility meets reality that's where you realize that we don't have many answers and that's where quantum physicists etc they have invariably been attracted towards indian philosophy because indian philosophy does talks about does talk about the strange phenomena that are as strange as the phenomena that quantum physics throws up you know so to answer your question uh, i don't know if uh, space emerges from time because we have no evidence but it is something we should certainly consider because there is nothing that proves that it doesn't emerge from time so yes also, it's an interesting also, concept also one thing to mention here that uh, einstein also said that uh, there is a time space bend so we do not know what is beyond that bend there is a uh, time space bend in which we are living uh, i mean uh, the human uh, perception so beyond that uh, greater time that all this are mentioned in our Uh, yeah, yeah, he was referring to the curvature of space-time, which is caused by yes, mass. Yes. Mass co- curves space-time. Space-time tells mass how to move. There is general relativity, which is all thanks to Mr. Albert Einstein. And uh, yeah, he had certain views in about uh, things that uh, go somewhat beyond science. Once a scientist goes beyond a certain age, they start dabbling into philosophy and spirituality and all that. So it is at that stage that they mention such such things. But there is no evidence for that. See, as a scientist, you have to maintain that discipline that you only accept things for which there is evidence, observational evidence. That is the limitation that all scientists have. Now, if you go, if you talk beyond that, you're not no longer talking science. You are either talking philosophy or religion or spirituality. Metaphysics so, or something. Yeah, all that. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it is. <laughs> right. Okay. Thank you, sir, for giving me this opportunity. Good night. Namaste. Thank you so much. Very nice meeting you. Thanks. Bye bye. All right. All right. Who has been waiting for a while? There's a bunch of people. Okay. Let me bring in Mr. suyog hello sir hello sir sir so uh, sir my question is uh, sir actually i have a lot of argument with respect to roads versus uh, trains so we have uh, many developed country uh, countries who have adopted different approaches right so for example the us has uh, adopted roads china as well while on the other hand japan has adopted trains a lot of trains so i was i wanted to ask about what is uh, more beneficial about uh, in uh, in case of india because you know we can only invest a certain fixed amount of money on one of these infrastructures at a time so right now mr gadkar is focusing on roads and he you know wants to adopt the us model but i think uh, you know there are certain inherent differences between indian terrain and, and that of the us so i wanted to know your opinion roads versus trains yes. that's a that's a very good question very good question so i think that um, a country of india's size and india's population needs excellent mass transportation so in mm-hmm. the us what you have is that even if you go want to go to go to the neighborhood uh, grocery shop you will go by car that's how it is people mm-hmm. don't walk people just don't walk there they always do everything by by hopping into a car so that is a very inefficient way of doing things because it it burns so much fuel it contributes to so much pollution it eats up so many resources of our planet but the us has been blessed with with this enormous continent that they have captured from the natives and therefore they're hell bent on exploiting it and that's why they have this certain this particular lifestyle everything is disposable everything is to be used and exploited as a resource 
in the case of india we have a population of 1.3 billion we have a very large subcontinent sized uh, geography but we have to utilize it effectively and when you have so many people you don't want all of them to get onto cars or even auto rickshaws or whatever because it's going to cause so much pollution so you need to develop efficient means of mass transportation so if people want to travel either you put them on planes one plane has a bunch of people in there 100 200 people and transport them or you need to develop uh, an efficient rail network high speed rail network that will that will uh, facilitate transportation which is i think something india is already pursuing in the past few years a decade or so india is certainly investing in the railway network it, the railway network is increasing now it is expanding i think since the british left uh, left india until the early 2010s i think there was almost no change in the number of railway lines mm-hmm. we had right mm-hmm. so now we are significantly pursuing the expansion of the railway network and we are also pursuing the expansion of our roadways and all because when you are uh, transporting goods via trucks and all ro- roads are certainly necessary so i think what the government is doing it is uh, pursuing a multi pronged strategy we are opening lots of new airports lots of small towns are getting airports now so people will get to be will be able to transport will be able to travel because of that so that is a efficient means of travel you know lots of people on one aircraft so that is good railways need to be expanded especially the freight travel freight uh, railroads and all that and roads so i think india is ensuring that all these uh, different ways of traveling and transportation are being opened up because this country needs to grow economy needs to grow so i think it is useful for all of this to happen but in my opinion it is always beneficial to invest in high quality mass transit systems like railways and uh, even metro systems and all that and and high quality buses instead of having people travel on two wheelers and three wheelers and four wheelers it's always better to have high quality ma- mass transportation so that's so, uh, what i think yeah sir so, so on behalf of sir, because most of your uh, i i don't know if it's true most of the watchers are students uh, your uh, your viewers so sir on on behalf of all of them i needed to ask sir, how do you retain so much information do you revise the things you read or uh, or do you just have a blessed memory sir i wanted to know i i don't know what it is i don't think i'm exceptional or different from others i just i'm i've always been curious if you see if you are forced to read a book and memorize things your brain will rebel against that you will it will mm-hmm. ensure that you don't remember anything but if you are genuinely interested in something if you are watching a movie you remember everything right if you are watching mm-hmm. an interesting movie or an interesting tv series you going to remember all of it because you you find it interesting similarly if you are interested in history or science or philosophy or whatever if it is a genuine interest and curiosity i think you're going to re- retain that information so that's how it's been for me i've been reading since i was a little uh, was a small kid whatever i could read i was always curious and maybe that's why i'm able to remember things maybe that's the reason i i've not done a psychoanalysis or anything but possibly that's you don't reason. revise anything uh, you have read you just no, you know no. keep on reading Oh, no i i i forget i forget lots of things i don't remember everything i read i forget mm-hmm. whatever i find uninteresting i read a lot and i think m- m- most likely half of it i must be forgetting whatever i don't mm-hmm. find interesting i don't i don't uh, remember it i don't finish every book cover to cover i only f- read whatever i find interesting that is a strategy that works for me Mm-hmm. so you should actively forget things which you don't find interesting maybe that's how it works i don't know what it is <laughs> thank you so much sir thank you
Thank you so much for the question. Very nice. Nice meeting you. Bye. All right. All right. Who all do we have? Let me bring in Mr. Atharva. Hello. Oh. Sir, Hello. Sir, so मेरा ये क्वेश्चन था आपसे कि जैसे कि आप अपन जानते हैं सनातन धर्म जो सबसे ओल्डेस्ट रहा है जी तो ये स्टार्ट कैसे हुआ और उसके बाद जो जैसे हम लॉर्ड्स को जानते हैं शिव जी हैं राम जी हैं तो ये सब आपके मेरे जैसे ही कुछ लोग थे जो एक सांप पहन के चलते थे साथ में त्रिशूल रखते थे राजा राम एक राजा थे जो बहुत मतलब एक ट्रू सेंस में एक अच्छे राज, राजा थे मतलब क्या था कैसे स्टार्ट कैसे हुआ ये सब ओके गुड क्वेश्चन गुड क्वेश्चन सनातन धर्म कैसे शुरू हुआ वी डोंट नो कितना पुराना है वी डोंट नो हमारी संस्कृति बहुत ही पुरानी है आर्कियोलॉजिकल एविडेंस के हिसाब से एटलीस्ट और जैसे कि अपन साइंस को देखते हैं तो वो बोलता है कि वाटर के थ्रू जो स्मॉल स्मॉल ऑर्गेनिजम्स के थ्रू अपन बने ओपेरिन और हेल्डन ने जो स्वान ने एक्सपेरिमेंट किया था तो उसमें उन्होंने गैसेस और इससे जो प्रोटोबायोन्स योबायोन्स और ऐसे करके जो छोटी छोटी ऑर्गेनिजम्स के थ्रू जैसे जैसे बढ़े तो वो वो कहते हैं और अपना जो हिंदू धर्म है या सनातन धर्म है ये कहता है कि पहले भगवान थे फिर उसके बाद राजा वगैरह हुए कृष्ण जी हुए तो ये क्या है मतलब जो वेस्ट फॉलो करता है वो क्या है और अपन जो चल रहा है वो क्या है और जैसे कि हिंदू धर्म है तो फिर हिंदू धर्म के बाद इंडिया कैसे आया मतलब एग्जिस्टेंस क्या रहा ये ओके जैसे मैंने कहा हम जानते नहीं हैं कि हमारा सनातन धर्म कितना पुराना है वी डोंट नो हाउ हाउ ओल्ड इट इज और इसका ओरिजिन क्या है ये भी हम जानते नहीं है मोस्ट लाइकली इंडियन सबकॉन्टिनेंट में ये इसका जन्म हुआ था पता नहीं कितने हजार वर्ष पहले मिनिमम टेन थाउजेंड ईयर्स मोस्ट लाइकली उससे पहले भी होगा और जैसे आपने कहा कि शिव जी थे और श्री राम थे श्री कृष्ण थे ये कौन थे श्री राम तो डेफिनेटली एक एक मनुष्य थे राइट ही वॉज अ किंग इन नॉर्दर्न इंडिया श्री कृष्ण भी मनुष्य थे ही वॉज अ लिविंग ब्रीदिंग मैन हु वॉज वन ऑफ द ग्रेटेस्ट पर्सनैलिटीज एंड वन ऑफ द मोस्ट इम्पैक्टफुल पर्सनैलिटीज इन ह्यूमन हिस्ट्री तो इसके लिए हम इनको एज एज भगवान के रूप में आज पूछते हैं कि ये विष्णु के अवतार थे इसके लिए इतने महान कार्य कर कर सके हुए राइट शिव जी के बारे में कहते हैं कि ही इज द ओनली ट्रू सुपर नेचुरल गॉड इन द हिंदू पैंथियन ही इज द वन हुज नेवर बॉर्न इन ही इज द वन हुज नेवर डाई ही ट्रांसेंस द यूनिवर्स तो ये ऐसा मानते हैं अबाउट शिव जी बाकी सब तो ह्यूमन्स थे एट सम पॉइंट इन टाइम इनकारनेशन ऑफ डिविनिटी एट्सेट्रा राइट अभी जैसे आपने कहा कि क्या माइक्रो ऑर्गेनिजम एट्सेट्रा अब ये तो साइंस है यू कैन मिक्स साइंस एंड स्पिरिचुअलिटी राइट दीज आर टू सेपरेट थिंग्स आपसे कि जैसे हिंदुज्म सबसे पुराना है तो फिर क्या कोई लोग एकदम से एक दिन उठे और अब्राहमिक रिलीजन्स आ गए वहा कैसे स्टार्ट हो गया क्या वहां भी हिंदुजम ही था 
नहीं देर इज नो एविडेंस देर वॉज हिंदुजम ओवर लोग बोलते हैं कि सनातन धर्म हर जगह था भाई ठीक है आप बोलते हैं आप ऐसे मानते हैं आई रिस्पेक्ट दैट सर मैडम बट इसका प्रूफ तो नहीं है ना अगर प्रूफ है तो इट हैज टू बी इनकंट्रोवर्टेबल प्रूफ अगर आप कोई क्लेम करते हैं तो उसका एक कोई तो बेसिस होना चाहिए राइट अगर आप कोर्ट भी जाएंगे आप कुछ दलील करेंगे तो जज आपको बोलेंगे आपका सबूत क्या है अगर आप वो प्रूफ नहीं प्रोड्यूस कर पाएंगे तो फिर आपका आर्ग्यूमेंट डिसमिस हो जाएगा सिमिलरली वेन यू मेक अ क्लेम कि पूरी दुनिया में पूरे विश्व में सनातन धर्म था तो उसका एविडेंस प्रोड्यूस करना चाहिए मैं नहीं कह रहा हूँ कि इट इज़ नॉट ट्रू इट इज सर्टनली पॉसिबल पॉसिबिलिटी तो है लेकिन आज तक हमें हार्ड एविडेंस नहीं मिला है कुछ कुछ चीजें हैं जो ऐसा लगता है कि इट इज पॉसिबल इट मे बी पॉसिबल लेकिन इट इज नॉट इनकंट्रोवर्टिबल एविडेंस सो फ्रॉम अ साइंटिफिक परसपेक्टिव यू हैव टू फॉलो इनकंट्रोवर्टिबल एविडेंस ओनली सो आई वुड आई हैव पर्सनली नॉट सीन समथिंग दैट कन्विंसिस बी वन हंड्रेड परसेंट कि मिडल ईस्ट में सनातन धर्म था इट has not been able to convince me on 100% i would be very happy if it, if it was there but i have not found such evidence to wahan se abrahamic religions emerge hue iska history to kafi clear hai you can re, you can read it up online or anywhere so that's how it happened right uh, sir main aapko ek suggestion dena chahunga aapki video ke liye ji boliye तो सर जैसे कि जो वो इंस्ट्रूमेंट है वो हमारे वैदिक शास्त्रों में भी है जिसे शतंत्री वीणा कहा जाता है तो ऐसे बहुत से सर इंस्ट्रूमेंट्स हुए हैं जो इंडियन ओरिजिन के हैं लेकिन वो अरब टर्किश वहां जाके उनके नाम होके आज अपन ये चीज फॉलो कर रहे हैं तो सर मैं यही चाहूंगा आपसे कि आप अगली बार कुछ ऐसी चीज आपकी वीडियो बनाए क्लासिकल म्यूजिक पे जो बता सके आप हम जैसे व्यूअर्स को कि क्या रहा म्यूजिक का वेरी 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 इंटरेस्टिंग सजेशन वेरी गुड सजेशन आई विल सर्टेनली टेक इट अप ओके थैंक यू सो मच वेरी नाइस मीटिंग थैंक यू बाय बाय ऑल राइट दैट वाज नाइस दैट वाज फन लेट मी टेक ऑन समबडी एल्स हु डू वी हैव हियर वी हैव गौरी जी हेलो सर नमस्ते uh sir uh, thank you for picking me i had a question regarding uh, the democratic system that we follow in india versus i mean in everywhere wherever there is democracy is it biased towards monotheistic uh, religions because uh, in the west the state religion i mean they don't proclaim it but it's christian whereas in india because we have this hindu uh, christian i mean abrahamic religion mix so it favors more uh, i mean we see the voting pattern that monotheistic monotheistic religions vote and how they vote versus how hindus vote so uh, that's what my question is that is there an inherent uh, bias towards making everything monotheistic in this system? right so 
I think democracy itself, uh, by definition, can be implemented in whatever way you want. You can have a constitution that is completely dharmic and laws that are based in dharma, and then you can have democracy based on that. So democracy is just a system that you can implement in whichever way you want. You can have an Abrahamic uh, constitution, Abrahamic laws. You can declare your favorite Abrahamic religion as the state religion, and you can have a democracy based on that also. So the democracy, the so-called democracy that we have in India, it is deeply flawed because the constitution of India is a foreign constitution. There is nothing Indian in it. It is not based on Indian values. It is not based on Indian uh, principles. It is not based on Indian traditions or culture. It is based on Western ideas, Western concepts. It's completely Western. The laws that are uh, enforced in India they are also based on British laws. Most of the laws are still remnants from the British times. The institutions in India are institutions the British created. Nothing has changed after so-called independence. And that is why India's entire system is so Hindu-phobic. It has, uh, it has turned into India into a Hindu-phobic apartheid state in which Hindus are second-class citizens. So I don't think it's the fault of democracy per se. It is the fo- It is the the reason why India is so messed up is because we never decolonized. After independence, you're supposed to throw out all the colonial baggage, all the colonial laws, institutions, all the colonial people who have been serving the British masters. They need to be thrown out. And an Indian constitution should have been put in place. Indian officials who were pro-India and not pro-British should have been appointed and so on and so forth. The education system should have been decolonized, everything. This, These things never happened. So it's as if we are still ruled by the British, by proxy. Our, mm. our, our Indians are ruling us on behalf of the British. That's how it's become. So that's the real problem. It's not the fault of democracy. We had democracy thousands of years ago. During Shri Krishna's time, we had a certain form of democracy, which was an Indian form of democracy. India is the mother of democracy, like our Prime Minister said a few days ago. So it's not the fault of democracy. It's the fault of (laughs) the people to whom the power was given by the British in 1947. Okay, sir. Thank you. Thank you for the question. Thank you. Bye. All right, let me bring in somebody else. Somebody else. Uh, I'll take one more question for today. So whom should I bring in? Let me bring in Mr. Deepak. Hello, sir. Hello, sir. Hello. Uh, I'm from uh, Mumbai. Okay. Uh, uh, the question is, uh, uh, I came across a book recently. Uh, and it was uh, written... Uh, by uh, father of Palasab uh, Thakre, namely Keshav Thakre. And the book came uh, around uh, a century ago in early uh, early 1920s. And the book claims uh, that uh, you know, uh, the um, uh, the temples we have in India, right? Uh, like you said, we have a, I mean, uh, the culture we had in India 9,000 years ago. The, we didn't have schools, but uh, students used to learn in temples, right? That is how we uh, used to learn in India. But uh, what uh, he is claiming that temples, uh, you know, and nowadays what we see is uh, um, Brahmins uh, worshipping and uh, in uh, temples, right? And they are the, like uh, de facto um, 
you will fi always find a brahmin who is in charge of the temple right so what he is claiming that uh, uh, that it is what it wasn't used to like that so uh, in era i mean in the century of like 8 or 7th or 8th century um shankaracharya and his followers uh tried to you know uh, took over all the temples and he asked his followers to you know uh, uh, take charge of the temples and uh, universities like nalanda and tatchashila because uh, what is claiming also that uh, in all those universities and these temples like um, they had a buddhist uh, people were used to you know uh, they used to teach in all those institutions now brahmins were not there and he says that uh, uh, shankaracharya killed those uh, buddhists and uh, that is how the brahmins took over the temples so what is your take on that so i am not familiar with uh, this book uh, i haven't read it uh, from what i understand there was no killing of anybody and uh, brahmins were not warriors they were not killers so uh, this seems to be inconsistent with the facts that we have today I mean, if the book was written 100 years ago clearly there was some different uh, world view at the time that was prevalent like i said mr uh, mr bal gangadhar tilak was a firm believer in the aryan invasion theory right uh, about uh, 120 years ago or so so it is not the the fault of mr tilak that he believed in it because at that time that was the widely accepted uh, wisdom that the aryan that aryan invasion of india of aryan invasion of india actually happened so 100 years ago 150 years ago there was a completely different perspective and all the information that we have today was not available at that time today we have science we have the internet we have more discoveries and all all these things that's why we know things in a very different manner from what our ancestors knew 100 years ago so i don't know what exactly this uh, book says but if it says things like that or things that are inconsistent with the facts that we know today it could possibly be because at that time when the book was written those facts may not have been available or the prevailing consensus at that time may have been what is written in the book so that's what i can say about it because i have not actually studied the book so i cannot give specific <laughs> details about that but it's you know times change and uh, people's world view changes based on what uh, information is available at that point in time uh, 150 years ago there was no internet there was no magazines there was no libraries nothing we were under british occupation so we had a different understanding and a different opinion of what uh, our history was today we know better today we know something different but th- that's the thing the, the past is like a foreign country things were very different at the time so that's what i can say sir <laughs> can't hear you yeah, fair enough sir okay all right thank you so much thank you nice meeting you yeah same here good night good night all right uh, ladies and gentlemen i think i'm going to have to end this here i apologize to all of you who are waiting in in the queue but i'm going to have to end it here so uh, thank you so much for all your questions for your participation it was lovely talking to all of you and i will keep doing this it's going to be great fun talking to all of you in future episodes thank you so much thank you to all the viewers and i will see you in the next episode take care good night bye